Hey everybody, great to be with you here. And uh, today, this is uh, this is exciting for me. I'm reliving my childhood in a podcast here, uh, thanks to a new documentary on HBO Max called Class Action Park, which is no question my new favorite documentary. I've already watched it twice. Uh, the family, my kids adore it. <laughs> <laughs> my son, who's 14, more than my 11-year-old daughter. But um, I I've talked about this place for many, many years, and to see it represented perfectly in, in documentary form, I just uh, I couldn't be more stoked, truth be told. And uh, today, I I'm lucky enough to get to talk to the, uh, the director of the film, we uh, synced up on Twitter. Before I pick up, let me uh, thank our sponsors, March and Ash. You can find them in Mission Valley, Vista, out in Imperial County, and coming to City Heights, San Diego's world-class cannabis dispensary. The store's impeccable. I've said it a million times. It's like shopping at a boutique, and uh, it's a place you would send your mom. Marchandash.com curbside pickup delivery the whole bit also Baja Bound Mexican Auto Insurance thank you for your support and uh, if you need auto insurance while in Baja certainly hook it up at BajaBound.com and then I also want to thank our friends at No Cap Shows been working with the team over there for a minute NoCapShows.com bringing live music to you during the pandemic in, in virtual form, and they're doing amazing things. They've got a show coming up with no effects that I can't wait to check out. And uh, all right, let's pick up here with Class Action Park, <laughs> my new favorite doc. So good. There's nothing in the world like Action Park. Baby, let me take you, baby. Action is hot. The story of Action Park is a true crime story. The engineering behind this, if there was any engineering, was just nuts. Build it higher, make it faster, people control the action. Combine that with liquor and anything goes. There were no rules. For a lot of kids, that was heaven. And if you couldn't swim well, yikes. I don't think you can understand a place like Action Park if you don't understand the kind of minds that built it. Nobody would give him insurance, so he created his own insurance company and then insured himself. Nobody should ever be the second person to die in a wave pool. Close the wave pool. It's been a, it's been a wild week. The other day, I, somebody sent me a podcast that was on that I literally didn't remember recording. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And we can relate, trust me. And the other laugh you might hear on the, yeah. on the line, that's my co-host, Meryl, who's a huge... Uh -huh. uh, fan of what we're doing here and she she was dying to jump on Great. so i have her patched in from los angeles uh, awesome hello hello hey, how you doing hi you better remember hello, this podcast hello. So, Seth, before we uh, continue here, can you help me with your last name, the pronunciation, please? Yeah, many have butchered it. It's, I uh, bet. Porgeous. The Por rhymes are gorgeous, which is Porgeous. I love it. Okay, I figured, but I didn't want to butcher it and be that guy. But uh, joining I've heard us, Porgeous. I've heard Porge. Porge. Yeah, you know, you Porges. Porges. Por I could see that one too. Porges, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's great talking to you, and uh, I know we synced up on Twitter, and I, I hunted you down, I trolled you, because I'm a huge fan of your movie. 
Thank you. I appreciate that. That means a lot. And uh, let's start with the uh, with the obvious. How did this all start for you? How did you get connected to Class Action Park? So first of all, people aren't familiar. The movie Class Action Park is on HBO Max. Right now it's about Action Park, which was this just notorious amusement park in New Jersey, mostly in the 1980s. That earned a reputation for being pretty much the most dangerous place you could possibly imagine. Like Rube Goldberg and a Saw movie got together, you know, (laughs) and I went there a couple times as a kid. And, you know, we spent a lot of time going to more legitimate, shall we say, theme parks, Universal Studios, Disney World, Flags. Very, very clear that Action Park was very, very different. Right. When you you walk up to the gate at Disneyland, the first thing you saw is a big castle, right? But Action Park, the very thing you see like just literally hovering over the entrance it is a giant water slide that goes in a full hot wheel style and <laughs> you look at it and it, it, it just hurts your it just hurts your brain it's like, so daunting and yeah. i i never i'll never forget that memory as somebody who went there as a kid as well now how old were you and what years did you go so it was i was probably uh i went a couple times probably when i was like somewhere between six and nine years old okay. uh maybe 10 but i was i was so young that these memories really imprinted themselves in my brain. And as you get older, you know, you, you, when you're a kid, you have like fancy, you have a big imagination. I, I couldn't really tell if what I was remembering were things I actually experienced or things I saw <laughs> in like a Looney Tunes cartoon, you know? And, and that was really the purpose of this movie was to fact check my memories and to kind of pull back the layers of, of myth and legend that have surrounded this topic. Because when you look about things on the internet, it kind of has that feeling about Action Park. It has that feeling of a couple of guys in Jersey getting together at a bar and just trading stories. You're not yeah. really sure what to believe. Or that know? scene in Jaws with, of, the, with the scars in Jaws. Yeah, people just showing off their Alpine slide burns like a shark bite. Exactly. <laughs> and I really wanted to uh, kind of just apply a little bit of journalism to the matter and kind of see what was real. And how did it become a reality for you? Because I know there were movies that I had seen or little shorts on YouTube, but how did it become something real for you where it's it's one of the best documentaries I've ever seen? Well, thank you, man. It really means a lot. Uh, I mean, I've been working on this topic, researching it for close to a decade now. And I'm the kind of person who, once I get really uh, interested in a topic, you know, you'll find me years later still digging around, still talking to people, still trying to figure out what stones have left to be unturned. And, you know, about seven or so years ago, I made one of those web videos, a a daily motion short I made with my friends uh, Anthony and Matt. And that ended up going just insanely viral. And it was because, you know, up until this point, most of what had been on the Internet were, you know, a couple of weird New Jersey articles, a thinly sourced Wikipedia page. Everything still felt like a lot. But we were speaking to people who worked there and ran the park, and they were kind of confirming just a lot of these rumors right on camera. Right. And I'd never seen anything like it. And it was just really astonishing hearing these people say, oh, yeah, that thing, that, that happened. All that legend, that was, that was real. And so we put that out there, and something amazing happened after that, which is my inbox over the next five or six years just continually, like nonstop flooded with emails from people who either went to the park or worked at the park who were basically saying something along the lines of, that was great, but you're just scratching the surface there's so much more and (laughs) it's amazing and i just yeah and i didn't know if i was going to make a movie i didn't know what i was going to do but i knew i wanted to talk to these people you know so i started spending just a lot of time investigating talking to people who went to the park hearing their stories kind of piecing together the the full picture and that's 
what became this movie when I uh, partnered up with my partner in crime here, uh, Chris Charles Scott, my co-director. Well, wow, it's so insane because I was watching the movie with my family and we were watching it and I it's was not a family friendly movie. It's not a family friendly Ooh. movie. Oh, really? That's funny, because it it was friendly in my home. <laughs> there you go. You have a cool family. You have a cool family. Well, my son's 14. My son's 14. He's okay. just entering high school, and he watched sure. it, and he thought it was the most compelling piece of art he's ever seen. He's just He can't believe the place existed, and he wish he can go back in time like Marty McFly and experience exactly. it. Exactly. And it no, just never mind the dinosaurs. He wants to go to action park. Right? No never, question. Never mind the, no the question. And that's and for me, it just confirmed all the stories I told throughout the years because we were watching it and I was narrating it before the scenes happened. So, yeah. for example, you introduced the uh, the kayak experience, and I said, "Oh, someone got electrocuted in there." And then the next thing, electrocution, kayak experience. I'm like, ah, I knew it. Yeah, I think our movie is making a lot of dads like earn major points in their kids eyes that's right a, i'm one of those dads now meryl did you uh yeah i have so many questions meryl did you have any up, up front yeah i mean my first isn't really a question it's more of a i have gratitude that I've, i'm an east coaster but i had only gone to dorney park when i was little so uh, i'm glad my parents didn't take me to this one <laughs> Dor <laughs> dorney park was safe yeah, and had like just, had the really big roller coasters it's kind of a split down the middle where half the people are like i'm so glad my parents didn't take me there another half or i really wish my parents had taken me there so yeah. And then the second, the real question I had for you was, did you get any backlash from anyone surrounding the, the founder of making this? Did you get any pushback from people that didn't want all this information to come out? It's, that's a really interesting question. The, uh, you know, we're, we're very honest in the movie about the owner of the park and some of the themes he was involved in. And the town of Vernon itself, um, how do I put this stealthily, is, is still a little protective of a lot of mm -hmm. that. Uh, but what we found is the people themselves are very, they want this stuff out there. They want these stories told. And I think a huge turning point was when we made the short documentary seven or so years ago, when people close to the founder of the park were talking very openly about the safety record, for example, at the park, or some of the financial schemes, and seemed to revel in it. And I think that kind of created a green light for a lot of people surrounding the park and its management and its owner to talk a lot more openly. So when I first started looking into this topic those years ago, you would hit all sorts of brick walls of people who you knew had stories, but weren't going to tell them to you yeah. and that changed that really began to change and then a lot of it was a lot of people we spoke to at first were very hesitant to because you know people from vernon they don't want their town to look bad in north right. you know and really i think the most astonishing thing for me has been seeing the response from the people from vernon and the people who grew up working at the park and how positive it's been and i knew it's not like i i don't i don't i'm not making this movie to please these people but it's gratifying because it tells me that we did it right. Because you're if right. we had told the story wrong, they would have let me know. You no, know? you're absolutely correct. I can't think of you. I thought it was perfect for somebody who lived it. You, you, you seriously replicate. You brought my childhood back to life, and you captured the emotion, <laughs> just every single emotion. Because my thing was, I was the kid in the middle 
who took part in a lot of the rides, but in all honesty, I never rode the Alpine slide. Why? Because I heard the story of the kid who went flying off of it and died hitting his head on the rocks. And you and you focused on yeah. that child, that kid, and, and his family. Yeah, and really, that, that I'm really glad you mentioned sort of this idea of being this kid going to Action Park and how scary and intimidating that place was. Yes. You know, like... Like, like if you're on the younger side, you're going there and you're seeing these jacked up, often drunk, often steroidal bros, just these Uh, New York, Jersey bros. Yeah. Just getting into fights and pushing themselves, pushing these rides past the breaking point. And it's happening in real time already. You are taking the ski lift up to the top of the Alpine slide and you are seeing accidents happen below yep. you, just on a like continual as you're going up yep. that was happening and you know when you're young every you know you go to a, you know a campfire at a summer camp they tell you these stories that are designed to scare you but part of you knows this whole thing is like a scare story yeah you're not really scared but you might have some nightmares and actually like you're seeing these things happen in front of you and you know that this is a ride that is very capable of actually hurting you exactly and, and, and it creates yeah, and it creates this really strange thing then where people as adults look back at, at these experiences, at these rides. And if they did them, a lot of them are, are grateful they had that experience. They're proud of it. But at the same time, they know it was so, so messed up. Yeah. And really what our movie's about, and I think what Action Park is really about, is the idea that you can have these experiences that are simultaneously ones you're really grateful for and know that, you know what, I had a good time. But at the same time, realize that that is a luxury of being a survivor. And that many people had these same experiences and, and didn't survive. And it's not just action park. You know, kids in the 80s were running around, say, you know, playing in quarries and breaking into factories and old mental hospitals and You're getting right. into fights. And, you know, parents would just say, walk out the door, see you at dinner time. That was and it. When the streetlights come on, you it. come home. And they had no idea yeah. what we were doing, what we were smoking, what we were exactly. burning, what we were breaking, what we were destroying, exit cars, rocks through windows. Uh, yeah. blowing M80s and blowing up stuff <laughs> and then there was exactly. Action Park and that's and you captured it again you mentioned the 80s and and that child that last segment of the film can you tell us about it because it it honestly brought tears to my eyes and I watched it three times the way you captured what growing up in tell me about that specific scene if you don't mind yeah, sure. So first of all, I have to give all the credit in the world to our interview subject, Chris Gethard, who I think really captured that feeling, that sentiment better than anybody alive possibly nailed it. could. You know, nailed it. Just absolutely nailed this idea that you, as he puts it, you can simultaneously be grateful for the way you were allowed, the way you were allowed to grow up and angry that you were forced to grow up that way. Yeah. And yeah. I think for people who have those experiences and those memories, it's hard not to feel like, you know, something is resonating in your spine. You know, yeah. I watched that, you know, those, those aren't my words. Those are his words. So, you know, I, it's, you know, I watched that. And I don't feel like an author. I don't feel like somebody reading his own words back. I feel like an observer. And when I sat in the interview room, when I saw the footage, it just hits you. Whew. It just hits you. And it says something. It says something that I think is not quite universal with, Gen Xers in particular, but it's very widespread sentiment, and it's one that I don't think I've ever really seen 
put so comprehensively and so clearly. Wow. You're, you're completely, that's it. You nailed it. That's it. That's exactly it. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, it makes being a parent today, because now I, ha- I mentioned my 14-year-old son. That's how old I was when I went to Action Park for the second. I went when I was like 12, 13, and 14. So I have a hard time parenting him at times because I grew up Gen X in the 80s and we ran that free. Kids today, they don't leave their rooms and they're just looking at devices, needless to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it's the same, you know, these same kids who in the 80s are running around, they're the ones who now have kids themselves. Exactly. And, and are parenting like that. And it is, that was really one of the most amazing things. Cause you talked that, you know, we have this guy in our movie who talked about how when he was a kid, he and his friends and other parents knowing, got on a bike, drove 15 miles to Action Park, spent a day there and rode home. Yep. His kid did that, he would beat his ass. <laughs> and it's, and it's, <laughs> you know, and it's a simultaneously like they are grateful they did this. They would never wish that upon their own children. Which is true, but there's also an element with me where I want my son to kind of go out and get in trouble. Like if he got in trouble, yeah. you know, not robbing a bank or burning a building down, but if he, you know, played ding dong ditch and, and broke a window, I'd be like, yeah, let the kid be a kid, you know, give him a pass. You yeah. Know? That's how we lived. But there's none of that. Are you on the West Coast or East Coast? I, I, I grew up in the Washington, D.C. area. Now I'm in New York. Oh, OK. So, you know, I was I was close enough to Action Park to make it there a couple times. Okay, because I was going to say, you seem so interesting, like we want to be friends with you because I was reading your bio and you, you hold a world record, too. Oh, for, <laughs> this, is, this is a dubious thing to think. Oh, I need to hear about this. Most, uh, talks given at an event called Nerd Night, which is, I think our slogan <laughs> is, it's like the Discovery Channel with beer. So okay, imagine, yeah. like, you know, TED Talks in a bar. But, oh, yeah, yeah I'm like, I need actually, to take this guy out for a beer and hear, hear everything. Anytime you want, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> what, are the t- what are the topics you like discussing outside of the 80s? So Pinball, I, I right? You, yeah, you get me talking about pinball, I won't stop, man. Uh, you know, it's, I think pinball is such a fascinating thing because, and right now you're like, oh, pinball, why do I care? I'll just say one thing and we'll stop talking about it, And that is pinball machines were illegal in most of America for 34 years. And almost nobody knows that. No way. Really? Yeah. I, I, I'm sensing so, a new documentary. I was going to say, I sense a new uh, documentary in the works. There's, it's, it's a wild story too, so we'll see. <laughs> okay, I'll be, I'll be for the next one. Now, were there any families? Just a couple of other questions regarding Class Action Park. Were there families that you did approach that were on the receiving end of tragedy that didn't want to come forward and share their stories? No, um, you know, we really wanted to focus that element of the movie on one on one one story to really, you know, I, I didn't want it to feel like something that oh, we're hitting all of this stuff to be completed. It's, right. it's not about the details. It's about the emotions. It's about the people. And it's, it's a 90-minute movie, and I wanted to really dive. I, I think we chose to dive in very, very deep. And once we reached out to the Larson family, who are featured in the movie uh, because their kid did die on the Alpine Slide at Action Park, and the aftermath of his death was somewhat astonishing, I'll say, and how it was kind of made to go away. That was really amazing because what they told us is that in the 39 years since the incident occurred, nobody had ever asked them what happened. Nobody. And when you read these like oral histories of Action Park or these articles about Action Park, that instance is often cited, um, you know, but but it's cited in a in a way that's very fictitious. Yeah. It's often mentioned that he was a park employee 
who was racing friends uh, at night in the rain on an alpine slide. And of course, the moral of, of that is that he should have known better. He yeah. worked there. He Off hours, have been doing he worked there. Yeah. But that's not what happened. No. He, uh, he was labeled as a park employee because he had worked at the neighboring ski resort previous seasons, not even that season. And so when he died, the park never actually reported his death. And they didn't because they claimed that he didn't that he didn't need to because he wasn't a member of the general public because <sighs> he had worked at the park. So sketchy. And that was wow. so sketchy. And, yeah. And then also the you know, the spokespeople for the park were putting this narrative out there that the ride wasn't to blame. The rocks that hit his head were somehow <laughs> the culprit. <laughs> which makes scenario. no sense. Which would be funny if it wasn't so horrific. I know, yeah. horrific and, and tr- you know, ridiculous. Yeah. And the thing about that ride is you know, that was in 1980. I mean, that ride did open in 16 or 17 years. And it, it was no secret that it was dangerous. Right. You know, everybody goes to Action Park. Yeah. What was that? And it was the same thing with the wave pool. I remember going to the wave yeah. pool for the first time and my mom saying to me, don't go past that red line in the deep end because that's where everyone dies. And I'm yeah, like, and you may not have known it, but, but but they actually refer to that as the death zone. Yeah, and I learned that watching that. that. Yeah, I wa- from watching yeah. your film, I learned that. The death zone, and we were told to stay out of that area c- for that reason. And I remember as a kid, my biggest fear, next to a clown being under my bed like in Poltergeist, <laughs> my, my second biggest fear was getting sucked into one of those fans in the wave pool at Action yeah. Park. Oh, yeah. That's profound. That was and- a profound fear. I mean, that, that fear was probably absolutely justified on, like, the clown one, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And then the other thing that killed me, and I, this is really the last point I needed to make, yeah. I, I was dying at, because I was that guy who, d- you, you remember how the rock diving, the cliff diving uh, portion of the park, and they had different levels. There was, like, a 10-foot cliff, a 15-foot cliff, and a 20-foot cliff. And it was like a rite of passage to get up to that highest cliff point. And if you didn't, you had scores of dudes just calling you a pussy, screaming at you, just emasculate. You felt like the size of a friggin' ant. And you captured that perfectly. And then the other thing that killed me was, uh, was the fact that I saw for the first time boobs at action park it's the first time i saw boobs and by the second or third time there my friends and i would camp out at the bottom of the slides just to watch girls lose their tops it would happen yeah surf hill Hill in particular was notorious for that they actually uh installed sort of an observation deck basically for that just for that (laughs) part um yeah, and so the employees knew, uh, you know, every morning some higher-level employees, they're not going to name names here, uh, would make that the very first stop in the day. They knew that, like, okay, park's opening, time to see some and get on with your day. That was that the was, spot where you, was. you were fighting to get that spot or that post, I bet, if you were yeah. an employee. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Like, people would literally camp out on the observation deck knowing that they, they would see some skin. Well, thank you so much for your time. This has been an absolute yeah, pleasure. Of course. Happy to be here. Yeah, and uh, we certainly encourage everybody to check out Class Action Park. Have you received any feedback from celebrities who have touched on the subject in the past, the Johnny Knoxvilles, the uh, the Jimmy Kimmels? Uh, not those guys specifically, but it, it's been amazing seeing the response because I feel like we captured something about people's childhoods 
in a really, really specific way. Uh, and in a way that honestly surprised me. And I, I feel just grateful yeah. that we could kind of do justice to the formative experiences of so many people. Right on, my man. Thank you for giving us this gift. Thank you very much. Thank you, Pat. The Cantori Show. Cantori Show.